Hi, and welcome to Screens and Focus podcast, where we share and connect as we spotlight our favorite shows and movies. I'm Diana, and today we're talking about Fear the Walking Dead Season 7, Episode 3, along with The Walking Dead World Beyond and our recommendations on Dope Sick, Finch, Black Widow, Lore, and Among the Stars. Debbie is back to join me in our discussion today. How are you, Debbie? I'm doing very good. Thanks, Diana. I know. You look amazing. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I really have been enjoying Fear the Walking Dead so much. The episodes have been so exciting. And in this episode, we get to see John Dory and June in a bunker. Two of my favorites. Really? Yes. Mm -hmm. And I know I love them too, but I didn't know they were some of your favorites. I used to love John Dory well, Jr. Yes. and June yeah. so much. I know. Oh, my goodness. Anyways. His dad's second best. I know. I know. <laughs> that's true. So, but they're in this bunker. Days go by. Days go by. They're marking it on the chalkboard. So I was thinking, oh, gosh, what if we were stuck in a bunker? What would we need to survive that? How could we take being somewhere for days on end? And so I want to know what is something you would need to survive in a bunker besides food and water? Hmm. I'm going to say books, some good light. And I want some candy. I want candy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about you? Yeah, just like so oh. just like John Dory had his alcohol, <gasps> oh, right? Yes, he yes. needed that drink. Mm-hmm. Which Well, I, I wouldn't mind a low alcohol. I too. know. I, right? I might drink it on the first week. <laughs> I know, that's so true. <laughs> Me, I think, well, okay. The first thing that popped into my mind was, I need a TV. I need a TV (laughs) or a DVD player or a VHS player, anything that would play. Even if I had to watch a few movies over and over again, I would need that. That's true. That's true. So that's really important to me. Well, I'd probably make plays out based on the books I'm reading. That's true. (laughs) Yeah, but put on an act. Put everybody together and have a play going on. That sounds awesome. (laughs) Okay, friends out there, let us know what you think. What is something you would need to survive in a bunker? You can leave us a comment on Twitter at in underscore screens. You can follow us on Instagram and subscribe to our website. The links are in our show notes. Okay, Debbie, episode three, entitled Cindy Hawkins. In this episode, we get to see June and John Dory Sr. and how they've been living since the nukes went off. I have to say, it didn't look as bad as some of the others in the group. Yes, they're down in the bunker, counting days, and while that can be very claustrophobic, they do have food, electricity, beds, ammo, but John Dory Sr. is haunted by a broken promise, and June is haunted by the unknown without her husband. Mm Mm-hmm. What did you think of this episode and what stood out to you? Well, I, I I thought it was very interesting. And in addition to the thought of being stuck in a bunker, it would be crazy challenging, um, you know, not seeing the sun and limited space, like you were saying, the claustrophobic feeling. But it was also very suspenseful. I loved a lot of the scenes that they, they showed. Um, 
And I also, like you mentioned earlier, they had a full setup there. So they had pretty much a lot of the comforts. And I liked that they were counting the days because it kind of gave us a time frame to deal with. Yeah. Since the, the nukes and the fallout. Yeah. And when June was calibrating on the wall. So yes, I, that was important. To me. It was. Yeah. I, I was thinking the same thing as you were saying that. Oh, so important. It just helps us to know where they're at. Yeah. And how long yeah. it's been. I just love that. Yeah. That was a great idea. Yeah. And, you know, you had said it was really, I don't know if you use the word suspenseful or mm-hmm. thrilling, but that just goes to show you the direction and also the actor's ability. Oh, yeah. They're both great actors. So yes. I think that, oh, do you know what? I was on Instagram, started following Jenna Elfman, and she had posted something about this episode, and I had sent a uh, Something that said, I love this episode. You and Keith Carradine have such great chemistry. I love you guys. And she she put she liked it. No, she didn't actually respond, but she put she liked it. (laughs) Oh, that is awesome. I'm like, yeah, she read it, not somebody else. Well, at least I think it was her. I really do think it was her. She seems to post a lot and she seems to have a lot of stories. Oh, I'm going to have to follow her too. Yeah, you should. I, I just started and I'm like, hey, this is great. I love seeing what she posts. That's super cool. Mm hmm. So I really enjoyed seeing John Dory Sr. in the Mm, mm storyline. Like I had said, Keith Carradine is so good at playing this police detective who is haunted by a promise he didn't fulfill. He promised Cindy Hawkins' mother that he would bring her baby home. And Cindy was a victim of Teddy, that crazy serial killer that set off the nukes, and that John Dory Sr. imprisoned with false evidence to stop the killing spree. So in this episode, they find the torture chamber and it reveals what a sicko Teddy was. It was very sadistic. He had huge jugs of embalming fluid to embalm his victims. And he had 23 of them. Yeah, it was pretty nasty. I didn't realize how what a sicko he really was. I didn't either. Yeah, I was... felt like this episode really highlighted oh, that yeah. and everything he had done. And to see it looked like there was old blood on yeah. the table. It was super creepy. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my and, gosh. And it added more to the suspense and the and the dynamics of how spooky and icky it was. Down yes. There. Yes, it I mean, did. I'd want to get the heck out of there then. I know, <laughs> which is what June wanted oh, to do. Yeah. Also, I was afraid for uh, John Dory Sr. in a few instances when he went above ground in that made-up hazmat suit and we saw his eyes and then just his view. And I kept thinking it's foggy and he had those visions of the victims, but instead they were really walkers walking toward him. Also, that opening, when they went to bed, they just left it like that. And I kept thinking, aren't you going to, this was before they board, she boarded it up, but when they would just go to bed and he would look over at it, I'm like, no, anything could get in there. (laughs) I I just could never leave an area exposed like that. Yeah. Especially where I sleep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. What else uh, stood out to you in this episode? Well, you kind of said the, the view from his eyes. I really loved the cinematography 
of his view. And it was just great filming. And he was such a great actor. And it really made it real suspenseful. And he would keep saying that word, but... <laughs> it is. It's true. Yeah. It was. Yeah. I agree with you. But um, yeah, so the other thing, uh, it was kind of fun... It reminded me of Groundhog's Day where they played the Mamas and the Papas song over and over again, which I love the Mamas and the Papas. And um, and then they kept toasting. It reminded me of Boomerang on the phone. Ah. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, it just kind of showed the playfulness between the two of them and, and the dynamics that they both have. And I, I just love both of them acting together as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's true about the Groundhog's Day theme. Because I think they wanted us to know how long they were there exactly. and what they were doing mm-hmm. and how they occupied their time. Yes. I actually really liked seeing that. There was something about it that mm-hmm. I just really liked it. Mm-hmm. And I love that song too, Debbie. <laughs> oh, and the moment it began, I thought, oh no, please don't ruin this song for me. I love <laughs> California Dreaming. It is a song that totally moves me. I don't want it tarnished. I was full on singing it when it was playing and (laughs) not sure if my husband liked it, but I sang it. I was like singing it out loud. I had to play it the part over again because I was too busy singing the song and not really paying attention. Come on, sing a verse. No, no, no. (laughs) I, I, yeah, I don't want to hurt our listeners ears any more than I already am. (laughs) But, um, I just, I do. I just love that song. So it's so good. Yeah. No, I wanted to add when it was written, um, they were in, New York City on a really cold day oh, and they were is that right yes and oh. they were uh dreaming of dreaming California of LA Los Angeles California <laughs> as they sang oh, that song that's awesome wrote that song nice little tidbit yeah mm-hmm. so one more thing I have a question where did they go to the bathroom and where did they dispose of the you know the stuff I thought the same thing, Debbie. So our minds were on yeah. the same. <laughs> I, I always kind of go to the left field yeah. on on uh, some yeah. of this, but um, and then I'm thinking, all right, we need vitamin D to stay healthy, and I'm so glad they're healthy. But my mind always uh, goes to that. So, and then while they were down there, I'm kind of confused. Maybe you can help me out on this. When the ground started to rumble, and then the cupboard fell, and it showed the opening. I don't understand how. What caused it to rumble? I understand why to carry the movie forward or the episode right. forward. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, what what made it rumble? I, I'm i not sure what okay. it did either. Afterwards, I thought it was the people up there. Well, I was thinking that but too. Then but then sometimes it happened at night, right? Yeah. So was it the earth settling because of the fallout? Because, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I don't really yeah. know the specifics okay. on that. I thought maybe I missed something, but. Anyway, you know, it still added to the suspense. And I guess when he was lying in bed and looking up and the dirt was falling through, maybe that was just a precursor to the the larger move right. of the earth and then exposing the, uh, the real torture chamber. Right. <laughs> Man, that was really creepy. And then um, it seemed like they rushed the ending a little bit to me once the, the dirt caved in. And then, of course... It was very suspenseful. Are they going to survive? You know, who's going to save them? Yeah. And then they wake up somewhere. And of course, we don't know where they are, but then they're at Strand's. I was thinking, how did Strand and his posse get there so fast? And then boom, they're waking up 
And I believe June said he was asleep for a couple of days or something. Mm -hmm. And then Morgan is there. So it it was like a time lapse or something. It wasn't very cohesive. It was just a little bit fast and confusing to me. I don't know. What do you think? Well, it's interesting because I didn't think about it at the time how... John Dory Sr. was out for a couple of days. And you're right. Yeah. And Morgan just gets there. So thank you, Debbie, for pointing yeah. that out. That's well, kind of cool to think about that. But and, uh, and well, if they were in the buried in there, they would have been dead by the time Morgan got there. If you think about that. Well, I yes. For if Morgan. <laughs> yes. For Morgan. Thank goodness that Strand did yeah, exactly. hear over the radio about them. And of course, he gets there quicker because he has a whole posse with them. So that is why Strand got there so early and was able to get them out. Okay. But yeah, I mean, Morgan's out there by himself in his car that he (laughs) built in less than six hours. (laughs) Uh, But I love that John tells Strand what makes you think I'm going to stay with you after what you did to Morgan? Oh, yes, yes. And yeah. I was also surprised that June seemed all right with staying there. She seemed like she was like, okay, like yeah. no reservations, which I yeah. thought was odd. Yeah. Also, the conversation between Strand and Morgan intensifies as Strand says he'll rebuild the world with the ones he sees fit. And Morgan says, I hope you do. You should help people. But if you harm anyone I care about, I swear to God, I will (laughs) do to you what you tried to do to me in the sub. Victor says, bring it. Yeah, it's crazy. It was really cool listening to the back and forth. But, you know, Strand is enjoying his view and luxuries, and we'll see where everyone (sighs) ends up. But you can't trust Victor. And Morgan has survived so much more. He's seen so much of the world. He's uh, faced so many more obstacles and enemies. So I don't know. I would always be sticking with Morgan. No matter luxury or no luxury. I'm there. Yes. That's me too. Yeah. (laughs) Sticking with Morgan every time. Okay, Debbie, do you have any other tidbits or thoughts? Uh, Just to to go back again about Teddy, uh, I, I guess... I had not realized what a freakazoid he was, you know, as that serial killer. I, I I don't recall them ever really going into detail, but under the bunker and the scene and then the Cindy Hawkins woman who actually played that part really well she did. also, mm-hmm. um, it just reminded me of how, what a creep he was. And I really liked the scenes with John's vision of seeing this woman. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, uh, touching on back to John, too, if he was drinking that much, I don't see how he would not have been sloppy drunk. And June noticed as a nurse that he was suffering the DTs. So I thought, well, they're kind of rolling right through that. But he had to have the DTs so he could have the visions. But I just thought it was a little bit far-fetched. But it did add interest and gave him a reason Or it gave the criteria for him seeing the visions of of the woman, Christy, Cindy Cindy. Hawkins. (laughs) Yeah. So overall, I really liked the acting and I liked the show. 
Yeah, I thought Cindy Hawkins was so convincing and I really hated it because she was so forceful. I thought she's going to convince him he's going to do the wrong thing. Yes, yes. Because she kept saying, she doesn't need you. I need you. You need to help me. She'll survive. She'll be here when you get back. I'm like, no, John, she's (laughs) alive and she's not. Don't listen to her. You have to help your (laughs) daughter-in-law. And when they were showing in the beginning uh, all the things that they were doing, I thought it was so interesting that they had the life board oh. game. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I had that as a kid. I used to love that game. Me too. It was one of my favorite game board games to play. Uh, oh, my goodness. When John was doing all these things in the middle of the night, June didn't hear him. And he even goes over to her and he's all, June. June. Yeah. June. And she just ruffles her blankets. I'm like, come on, you're yeah. in an apocalypse. Yeah. This is not just in a regular bed in just a regular non-apocalyptic yeah. world. I could not believe that she did not wake up to him falling off the ladder when he did, yep. digging through that place when he did just all the things. I thought, come on, yeah, June, you must so. be drinking and you're <laughs> out. <laughs> Something. I thought the same. And also when she injected him just like that, like she had that already prepared and would she have it in her back pocket yeah. because he doesn't listen to her. She just like, yep. I mean, that felt yeah. a little, ooh, a little didn't crazy. Work, though. It didn't work. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, actually, why didn't it work now that I think about it? Yeah, I, I think I recall him. He grabbed it out real quick or oh, something. Oh, okay. I, I, it was kind of an awkward scene, yeah. actually. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, Strand, him in his outfit and his sword oh, yeah. and his gun. I, he's got everything at the very end. He's just, <laughs> like you had said, he's just flamboyant oh, yeah, he's over the top with all these things <laughs> like he went into some theatrical closet yes yeah. exactly <laughs> Debbie that's exactly what he did he's all gonna wear this and this and this and this I'm putting it all on and I'm gonna go out there and be me he's like a toddler putting on a Halloween costume <laughs> yes Oh, and then uh, John Dory says, it's not too late. It's never too late. He said that several times. And of Mm. course, that is what John Dory Jr. said as his last words in the water, because that was something his dad always said. Mm. So I thought that was, um, I like that they put that into this episode. And then who are those guys at the end, those three people? Yeah, trying to get in there. Yeah. Yeah. Who are they? That's right. Yeah. Hmm. And why does everybody want to kill each other? I I just just want stuff, want everybody's stuff. (laughs) Okay, Debbie, we are at our segment and the award goes to. So I would like to know what is your favorite quote? Do you have a favorite character or moment in this episode? Well, I don't know why this scene affected me, but I really liked it. It was when John was above the ground and the walker was, you know, in his vision, Cindy Hawkins, and she's coming closer and closer. And all of a sudden we hear a shot and the walker goes down and June pops up out of the ground, all dressed up. And John's like, what the heck? And I just loved that scene. You know, she just pops up. John's up there and in this vision and she yeah, saves the day. And yeah. Get, what are you doing up here? Yeah. And it was suspenseful, but kind of hilarious, mm-hmm. too. That actually reminded me also 
when she is down on the trap down under and that guy goes down there. Oh, yeah. That was and a good he's scene. just about to get to her. And the same oh, thing happens. Yes. John Dory Sr. shoots him. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So it was kind of the yeah. same thing. So they yeah. both popped, <laughs> popped yeah. in right at the perfect moment. Yeah, good point. So what yeah. about you? What was your favorite uh, quote, character, or moment? I really liked when John Dory Sr. says, Sorry, June, I'm not the Dory you thought you'd be spending your days with. Oh, yes, yes. And June says, I'm happy where I am. I hope you feel the same. And he says he's lived alone for decades. This ain't so bad. I really, really love their relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. But you love it too. So I think probably a lot of people love it. Yeah. So um, I just, I, I just, you know, here we lost John Dory Jr. And I thought, oh my God. I loved him. I did too. I loved him too. It's Not as much as Rick on the Walking Dead. <laughs> no, but but he was just right up there. I oh, did. Yeah. I he loved was just him so too. Sweet. Yes. Yeah. And so, oh, I, uh, we don't want to go there, but oh, when he, yeah, when he died, I was just devastated. I had no idea. <laughs> Me too. I was like, I was no. <laughs> so I am really enjoying this relationship Me too. a lot. Mm -hmm. And so... Yeah, so it's really great. Oh, this episode was good. I like <laughs> yes, it. Yes, yes. Oh, okay. Well, that wraps it up for Fear the Walking Dead. Let's move on to The Walking Dead World Beyond, Season 2, Episode 5, entitled Quaterva. Quaterva. Oh, Quaterva. I had to look it up. What does it mean? Well, in uh, the dictionary, it said it means a crossroads, a critical decision or turning point in one's life. Hmm. That happens a lot on the Walking Dead universe, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Sometimes they come up with these names. I'm like, what is that? I got to look it up. So exactly. I'm glad you did. <laughs> I had no idea. So in this episode, I really like that each episode that we have seen pushes the story forward. We see Elton and Asha bonding. I think, you know, there's a little crush going mm -hmm. on there. She confides that her mother is the one that is sick and it's not her. Iris and Felix devise a plan to get into the CRM to get Dr. Bennett and Hope out as Percy joins in and poses as Elton. Before they arrive at the CRM, they meet up with Silas and ask for his help. Huck ends up going through her mother's office and I was panicked yeah. that she would get caught. She does confirm that the CRM orchestrated what happened in Omaha and was importing victims to use as research subjects. Whew. Yeah. I was anxious for everyone in this episode. In the end, we see Jadis. And I kept thinking we are this much closer to seeing Rick. <laughs> what did you think, Debbie? Oh, I, I agree with everything you said. Yeah, Um we are getting closer to seeing Rick, and it was a shocker to see Jadis, and I hate her hair. She Me too. <laughs> I'm like, you already had a bad haircut yeah. on The Walking Dead, and then you come over here and you get a worse yeah. haircut? This one's worse, I think. Yeah, and, and again, I still love how these young actors are maturing in their roles, and I actually really liked the opening. I liked how they orchestrated it, and they were killing the walkers. Each of them had their own weapon, 
And, you know, boom, boom, boom. And then I really just love Silas. Uh, there, I don't know what it is about him. He's yeah. just a big teddy bear, and but we know he's got this dark side. Uh-huh. But um, I felt the storyline was a little bit predictable, but but I still love everything Walking Dead, and I still find it entertaining. But a mm-hmm. um, few extra thoughts. When they're at this compound, how do they have like a newspaper printing department or, you know, section or... And I, I mean, we're, we're all assuming it's a full working city. And I don't know. I just find it kind of crazy that um, everything is working so well and there's plenty of food and everything else. So in addition, I just think the CRM is, is another creepy place. And you're right. With Jadis, I think we're getting closer to Rick. Yes. <laughs> and of course, with her there, she's got to be the new bad guy. Mm-hmm. And the suspense is mounting. So... I'm I'm ready. <laughs> I know. I yeah, this is the final season. Yeah, I know. And so I, I thought, oh, the movies are coming, but I don't think that's happening yet. So I don't know how long they're gonna yeah. have between all of this. Oh, we'll just have to wait longer. But I do like it. I feel like we're getting somewhere. Yes. We're getting yeah. some momentum mm-hmm. here. So I am really appreciating it. Oh, The Walking Dead episodes have been so good. Oh, thank you, Debbie, for your insights on Fear the Walking Dead and The Walking Dead World Beyond. You're welcome. Okay, I want to know, what are you currently watching? Well, on Disney Plus, I actually had a free uh, free session and it's ending. But while I had the free, I watched this really interesting series in its current 2021. And it's called Among the Stars. It's a six-part docuseries following astronaut Chris Cassidy and others at the Johnson Space Center. And it's um, it's actually very interesting and factual, and it's great footage. And also the endurance testing that they have to go through is, well, almost makes you want to throw up because it it's pretty, uh, pretty brutal. Oh, but yeah. it's actually very interesting. I always like the space program and so kind of current day astronauts. And then I actually haven't watched any movies, but what I would like to share is there's another series and it's through Amazon Prime and it's called Lore. So the gentleman that had has created his name is Aaron Mankey and he also has a podcast called Lore. Oh, I, that sounds so familiar yeah. when you said it. Well, the podcast is very interesting, but the Amazon Prime three-part series I'm sorry, one series, three episodes, is historical lore and stories from the past, Mm. talking about witches and the Salem, and they're kind of dark and creepy, but it's, they're facts, facts and lore, Uh facts. Uh So, and then a funny thing is, um, Alpha's daughter, Lydia, uh-huh. is in one of his shows oh, and one of the episodes. So very cool. I, all of a sudden I look at that face. I'm like, oh, that's Lydia. <laughs> I love that when we recognize people in yeah, the show yeah. we watch. So that was kind of fun. But I really recommend Lore, uh, both the podcast and the Amazon Prime little mini series. Mm-hmm. So. Very cool. Yeah. I love those recommendations. How about you? What are you watching lately? I started watching Dope Sick. It's mm. on Hulu. It's an eight-part miniseries about the opioid addiction in the U.S. Oh. and the pharmaceutical company that made billions claiming it was only 1% addictive. 
The characters are culminations of different actual stories of the people and families that have been affected. Michael Keaton, oh my gosh, he is so good as the doctor treating his patients. As we see one of his patients, played by Caitlin Dever, become addicted. Mm -hmm. By the way, Caitlin Dever was in unbelievable a netflix series i don't know if you ever saw that it's really good mm. and so she's good in this too and then shortly thereafter he becomes addicted too oh my yeah he's so good it is a heartbreaking show and it is a must watch okay. it really is it will make your you mad though you'll it'll make you so mad at the pharmaceutical company mm. and how much power they have how greedy they are. You know, they claim, oh, we care about people. We want to rid them of pain, but it doesn't matter. If and they spend your money rejected. on pills. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if this number's accurate, but they were saying like 500,000 people have died from opioid addiction. Oof. And you could see lines of people at the pharmacy and people were robbing people, people that would come out of a uh, like a medical center that you knew that they went to get it, people would rob them. Oh my god! It was just, it was horrible. It was, it mm. really is, and it's, it's real really, eye opening. Yes, huh? okay. extremely eye opening. You know, it's funny. I thought there was only six episodes, so I watched the sixth episode thinking it was the end, and I thought, oh, that ended abruptly. But yeah, it, I thought it was leading, <laughs> leaving you like to think about what happened to everybody. And then I saw, oh, episode seven is being, I'm like, seven? So I had to look it up. It's like, it's eight episodes. So right now I've seen six of the eight. Uh So, but it's really good. Mm. And uh, Rosario Dawson and William uh, Poulter are also in this and they're very good in it. Oh, also uh, Philippa Sue, she is in Hamilton. Oh, she, oh my God, she plays such her role oh my goodness you do not like her in this role all she is is about money she's one of the salespeople. and i'm like i don't like that girl and then i found out who she was i'm like oh my god philippa sue and hamilton oh my <laughs> gosh so it's it's been it's a really good watch i also just watch finch on apple tv and it's a post-apocalyptic science fiction drama with Tom Hanks, who I love. Uh, he's a survivor of a solar flare that destroyed the ozone layer. And it's like 10 years later, and it made the world basically inhabitable. Mm-hmm. And so he's an inventor who lives with his beloved dog, Goodyear, and Dewey, a motorized sidekick. Uh, but he creates this robot. But its data has only been uploaded to 75% before he has to leave the premises due to a massive, huge weather storm coming their way that will trap them for 40 days. So he gets everybody in this big, huge motorhome that he made, and he sets off for San Francisco with his dog, his beloved dog, Dewey, his little sidekick, and then Jeff, his robot. But... The, the robot's basically like a child because he wasn't <laughs> uploaded all the way. And this robot learns about love and friendship and humanity. And I have to tell you, I was like totally moved by it. 
I I had no idea. I'm like, dude, I really love Tom Hanks. Do I really want to watch this? <laughs> I'm so glad I watched it. Oh, I can't it. wait to watch it. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah. It was heart-wrenching. Oh, don't tell me anymore. <laughs> I'm not. It was good. It was a very good film. I also, Debbie, saw Black Widow on Disney+. Plus. You had recommended it on oh, our good. last episode. And I said, at that point, I'm going to be reporting it on the next podcast. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I am because I saw it. This is a Marvel movie. I loved it. Scarlett Johansson was so good as Natasha Romanoff. We see her backstory and how she became a spy and the relationships she had prior to becoming an Avenger. I really love seeing her relationship with her sister Belova, played by Florence Pugh. It's interesting because it sets up that we will probably see Belova again in future Marvel films. I thought it had great oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, action scenes in it. And so I loved it too. So, hey, that's two thumbs up. Debbie's thumb <laughs> and my thumb. So check it out, Disney+. Plus. Debbie, thank you so much for your time and this conversation. I appreciate you. Thanks. Well, that's our show. Thanks for tuning in. We are grateful you tuned in and we hope something we said today resonated with you and gave you a chuckle, some happiness, some positivity or inspiration. Please subscribe to our website and follow Screens and Focus and tell a friend. We would love more members of our TV club. You can rate and review the podcast on Apple, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. This will help other listeners find us. We'll be uploading new episodes in a couple of weeks. Next show will be on Fear the Walking Dead, Season 7, Episodes 5 and 6. You can find our website listed in our show notes. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.